luminous souls. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your presence is both welcome and needed in this sacred space. This is Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. I am Tara Todd, multi-passionate healer, faith fanatic, plant medicine enthusiast, and co-creating queen. Nope, never been called modest. (laughs) But I am your host and I am so excited to venture on this journey with you. I help people remember who they are and harness their power to curate the life they desire. So we'll have conversations around mindset, metaphysics, faith, personal development, and expansion. I believe in one consciousness and the interrelation of all living things. So let's water each other's tree, nourish one another's soil, and empower humanity to align, transform, and transcend into their divinity. I am all about the healing, wholeness, and as a collective, living our most sovereign and authentic lives. I am extending my branch to you, so let's jump right in. Hello, hello, my luminous souls. Welcome to another episode of Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. I've been um, just really kind of like buzzing to release this one. I've kind of had it in my arsenal. And so I'm just so ready to share this information with you guys. And yeah, just get into the juicy goodness of it all. (laughs) Um, So today's conversation is about trauma and just being in survival mode and what that does to your body and how it can change your life. And I think it's a very important topic, especially to me, but we all experience trauma at some point. And even if we don't recognize it, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. So for those of us who kind of try to manage our stress hormones and and like nurture our bodies a little bit more, this is going to definitely be informative. But for those who don't recognize trauma, I pray this will be a light into your darkness and a life-changing opportunity to seek and find healing. I feel like it's super important for us to recognize what's actually happening in the body when we experience a traumatic event. So, So we don't allow ourselves to get stuck, to get sucked into those negative cycles and patterns. So for me, if I can understand how things work or kind of the backstory, then I can sort of buy into the concept and then adjust my behaviors to reach that desired outcome. I just tend to be analytical that way where it doesn't really work for you just to tell me to do something because it's good for me. I really want to understand the mechanics behind it. Because that just supports the reasons why I should make the changes I'm being asked to make. So I hope that makes sense. I also feel like, you know, by knowing what happens internally, that we'll begin to recognize the effects of trauma a lot sooner. And then just start to take that inspired action to reverse those effects before they completely change our biology. So I'm going to clarify things as much as I can and also really just speak on a level that I feel we can all relate to because I know you guys didn't know this about me, but I'm not a doctor. (laughs) 
Yes. So I hope and pray this serves you. And I ask that you please share this as much as possible because I really want to bring some awareness to this process. So you've heard me say this before. For me, I've lived a lot of my life in a state of resistance. A lot of my childhood traumas and and wounding resulted in me just putting up that strong defensive wall and really living with a mindset of, you know, I'll hurt you before you hurt me. And that was not in a way where I just was targeting people and going after them. But it was really about self-preservation. So if there was like a hint that you were going to hurt me or be disrespectful or, or uh, offend me in some way, I would just cut off relationships or just verbally run people down. Because my pain was expressed as anger, and anger had really just become a lifestyle for me. So what I'm going to share with you today pretty much explains like how that happened and can happen with anyone. So obviously, when you live in a state of uh, resistance, trauma, you are in that perpetual survival mode. And more than likely, you're not expressing or processing your emotions. As a child, I experienced pain, heartache, disappointment, and there was little I could do about it. So as an adult, I did everything in my power not to be made to feel those things. So whether it was overeating, abusing alcohol, avoidance, or again, just purposely destroying relationships, I did it all in the name of attempting to save myself from being in pain, from being hurt, from being disappointed over and over again. So it wasn't that I was completely without emotion, but I really struggled to even express them. I didn't even cry like I hated crying even if I was by myself it was very cringy to me because I interpreted it as weakness so it's really only been since my spiritual awakening and personal healing journey that I've totally kind of transformed those beliefs and now prioritize my emotions I acknowledge I welcome I I allow myself to feel and embrace and just giving my emotions permission to flow freely and learning how to be comfortable with that. (laughs) Emotions are energy in motion. So when you are blocking them, stuffing them down, doing that avoidance thing, you're literally leaving stagnant pockets of energy in different places inside the body. Which, over time, will create dis-ease or disease. So without really getting in deep with the emotional side of things, because that kind of deserves its own day, I want to jump into the nitty-gritty of trauma. So some of the responses we notice when something traumatic happens might be like, you know, taking deep breaths, like you're gasping for air and you're just trying to kind of get the oxygen in and out and, and 
when people can do that a lot of times it helps the body calm down right but that initial like it just feels like the wind got knocked out of you some people get really shaky like their hands are shaking or they're just trembling minds racing like thinking of a million different things and some people actually experience physical pain as a result of trauma even if it wasn't a physical event but what's happening inside the body because those are basically like what we can see from the outside what's happening on the inside is much more potent now you have to remember that our brain and body responses are pretty much the same as they were at the beginning of time and the, the origin of man, meaning our brain is built for survival, survival from those original threats like lions, tigers, and bears, <laughs> right? So keep that in mind as we review this. So when you experience trauma or anything that gets you rattled in that in a similar way, our sympathetic nervous system basically just shoots you into an avalanche of reactions. <laughs> and here's where I'm going to address my notes uh, because it's a lot. And again, I'm not a doctor. So it says the body immediately taps into current resources to deal with danger. So our pupils dilate, giving us optimal sight. Our heart and respiratory rates increase. Additional glucose gets released to make more energy for our cells in case we need to run, fight, or hide. The blood is directed to the extremities away from our internal organs, which also aids us in being able to move quickly if need be. The immune system will dial up and then back down as adrenaline and cortisol flood the muscles, which provides a rush of energy. Again, to help us either escape or fend off a stressor. Circulation is moved out of our rational forebrain and instead relayed to our hindbrain. So we have less capacity to think creatively and instead just rely more on our instinct and in and in our instinct sorry, to instantly react. So those are the things that are happening in the body when we experience a traumatic event. And it's a lot. But that's all a part of that fight, flight, or freeze response. And it's a pretty intense series of changes that are going on. So the body basically is, it's built for short-term stress. It, it goes through something stressful and then the hopes are that we return to kind of that baseline and kind of restore those vital resources. But when the stress hasn't dissipated within hours and we're still kind of reliving and going through the event, the body doesn't return to balance and sadly no living organism is meant is meant to or basically has the capacity to to live in stress mode for extended periods of time 
So it can be really damaging. And here's the ultimate dig for us as humans, <laughs> as a uh, top of the food chain, like mighty warriors. Guess what? Because of our large brains, we're actually capable of thinking about our problems repeatedly. We relive past events. We forecast future negative situations. So we're just turning on our sympathetic nervous system at will, you guys. Just turning it on multiple times a day. Staying in that traumatic event. Reliving those emotions. And basically putting our body through hell. So we just, we turn on all these reactions just by thinking about that past trauma. But it, they also happen if we create a future negative event. Then when we do that, what if, you know, what if I'm walking down the sidewalk and a boulder falls on my head? Like crazy stuff. You know we do it. And the kicker is your body doesn't know the difference between an original event that actually really happened and all the replays that we initiate or stories we create. So the memories will turn on all the same autonomic internal reactions as if we're reliving the event in real time over and over again. What's more is that those replays also solidify the event in our brain. And then it becomes hardwired in and shortcutted to the unconscious, subconscious brain so it can be accessed quicker and easier. So now we're really anchoring our body into that past event. Then every day we wake up and we look for that memory and we reach for it and want to put it on because it feels so great. And you're actually just living in the past. You're just reliving the day that that situation happened over and over again and you're not actually really moving forward. And it's really easy to get mad, mad at the brain <laughs> because... Like, hello, why are you making me pay attention to the one thing I'm trying to heal from, right? But the brain is trying to make sure you pay attention to that traumatic event because it wants you to learn. It wants you to review the situation and learn how to avoid it. Your brain doesn't want to have to keep saving you. So it's basically saying, hey, I need you to pay attention to this. Because this was not fun. And maybe if you learn how to not allow that to happen again, then I don't have to keep jumping into action and turning on all these systems and fire alarms inside, inside of you. So the brain will keep drawing your attention to that event over and over and over again. And it seems really counterproductive in this life, right? Because we're not really experiencing the same kinds of threats anymore. But at one time, all of these reactions were vital to survival. And what the brain really, really loves to do is create a pattern that it can shortcut and hardwire. And that way, it can just run on autopilot 
and the brain can free itself up to pay attention to other things. And I have to be honest, and this is my little tangent for you. <laughs> What's interesting to me really is how efficiently our brains work, but yet how many people do we see run into a brick wall again and again and again, like refusing to learn from their mistakes? Like, how are you doing the same exact nonsense, meanwhile, expecting different results and then mad at the world that you're not happy, but yet still unwilling to learn or do something different? Like, seriously, it's mind boggling. But yet we know so many people who are like that. Anyway. Here's the thing. Memories are created when there is a strong emotional component, whether that is good or bad. So basically, emotions are actually the feedback of past experiences. So again, when information comes into the brain, it gets organized by pattern. And then the resulting chemical that is sent throughout the body is the emotion. And the longer we keep reliving the trauma, the more prevalent the memory becomes. The memory literally gets kind of inscribed into our, into our um, neural architecture as like an image, like a holographic image almost, like a painting on the wall. And then the stronger the emotional reaction that emotion actually gets stored in the body. So the more prevalent the memory becomes, the more, the stronger the emotional reaction, the more anchored in it gets, which eventually means the stronger the change will be to our internal chemistry. Because as we're gonna talk about, it literally can change who you are and who you choose to become. We think neurologically and we feel chemically, but biologically, we can become stuck in the past. So just take a moment to think about some of the really strong memories that you've had. You may be able to feel that emotion more, most, <laughs> most of the times when we think of something happy, we immediately smile, right? Just you feel, it just feels so good. But it can also bring up smells, bring up sounds, bring up uh, visuals, right? Depending on how deeply ingrained it is. So again, the more you replay it, the more solidified in your system it becomes. Just think about when something negative has happened to you. You share it with your parents, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, social media, of course, right? And that's on top of like all the times that you've relived it in your head. So if you think about it like a two-week time frame, you could possibly think and talk about the same situation hundreds of times and eventually having that story on repeat will make you literally become your story. I have uh, some additional notes here that I want to share some emotions that are associated with grief or with trauma. 
sadness, pain, victimization, grief, guilt, shame, anger, hatred, despair, rejection, shock, fear, anxiety, worry, overwhelm, anguish, hopelessness, powerlessness, isolation, loneliness, disbelief, and betrayal. (laughs) How's that? Quite the list. Now you understand why I couldn't like memorize that. I didn't, I just couldn't. To be perfectly honest with you, just reading those words, I literally get like a heaviness in my chest because they're not associated with great feelings, right? So, obvi. But those are just some of the things that we may feel during a traumatic event and then continue to feel every time we replay it or talk about it. And that's just a lot of stuff happening inside the body. You know, you're just, you're putting your body basically through emotions in a way as if you were watching your favorite movie on repeat. So what happens is over time, it just becomes very automatic and normal to think in those same ways, along those same lines, to ruminate like in those negative feelings until that's just who you are. If you're basking in negativity, you're going to become negative Nancy. And you may not realize it, but trust me, those around you for sure will. It could really just, you know, it just, it changes how you talk, how you think about your future, what your expectations are. It can really just destroy a life. And if you're putting out all those toxic vibes, guess what you're getting back? You know how this works, (laughs) y'all. And I'm sure even hearing this, you're thinking of someone you know who went through a really, a really troubling situation. And it just, it changed everything about them. Their personality can change. They just really become a different person almost like right before your eyes. And it could just really be heartbreaking. So again, thinking is the vocabulary of the brain. Feelings are the vocabulary of the body and they work in tandem. And so that's why it doesn't take much for one of our crazy patterns or cycle and cycles or cycles to get formed to come to fruition. Before you know it, we're running on autopilot. And here's where the body doubles down. The more you experience the cycle of that like autonomic nervous system, those reactions, right? You actually become addicted to the hormone bath you get the more you relive and experience your traumatic event. It becomes a part of you, meaning that the hit you get when those hormones get, you know, thrown into your bloodstream, you start to feel more like yourself and you won't even notice it, but what'll happen is you'll begin to replay the event just to get the hit. Like literally it's like a crackhead in the eighties. 
you will keep going back to it because in the midst of the trauma and the negativity, there's still something there that makes you feel really good, that makes you feel like you and makes you feel complete. Isn't that crazy? So I'll give you a couple of examples. If your morning routine is to get up, shower, dress, um, drink coffee, breakfast, and then, you know, run out the door, the more you do that, it becomes who you are. So you've essentially kind of given up your free will to this autopiloted program. Because if you think about it, when you get up and you do all those things, you're not thinking, you're not strategically saying to yourself, okay, now what's next? No, it's all happening. And before you know it, you're at work and you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, how'd I get here? I was just in my bed an hour ago. <laughs> But the more you continue to perform the same behaviors, you're just reaffirming the pattern, making it more difficult to break, and making it feel more like a part of who you are. There's some people, and we all know them, who cannot function without like their favorite morning beverage. So whether it's coffee or um, green juice, smoothie, even those who want a shot of Jack Daniels. Not my preference, but we know it happens. And then it's like once they have that, they feel like they're fully themselves. It's like, oh, something like comforting comes over your body. Yeah, partially it might be the beverage that feels so good. It makes you feel really good. But it's also the release of dopamine or oxytocin or some other feel-good hormone that gets released when you have it. And again, it seals in that habit. It makes it easy for us to just unconsciously go to our chosen beverage, feel really good while doing it, and not even really be fully aware that we're doing it. Because it's just a part of who we are. It just becomes second nature and so natural. Some people experience enough pain and disappointment that they really just start dealing with people from behind a protective wall of self-preservation. They stop putting emotion into things and become very hardened toward the outside world as a whole. And that was me. Again, it's not that I was like looking to be mean to people. But if I felt like I was being treated poorly or had a hint of disrespect or thought that someone was going to try and hurt me from an emotional standpoint, I hurt them first. Most of the time it was with my words because the bark's pretty big. Sometimes it was cutting them out of my life. But since it was in the name of protecting myself, I didn't have much of a conscience about it. I'd say what I wanted, when and how I wanted to and leave it for them to figure out. <laughs> like you asked for it. That was literally my attitude. I didn't really feel bad because the voice in my head was telling me, well, they were going to do, you know, the same thing to you or something to you. So we just beat them to the punch. Pat yourself on the back. You escaped another one. And that's crazy, right? That's crazy because not everybody's out to get us. <laughs> So to live like that, it's just a lot. 
I had so much unprocessed like emotion in my body, the pain, the disappointment, the heartache. And so that's what I gave out. I became my story and everything that I did was essentially rooted out of that story. So every thought we have causes neurochemical changes. Your thoughts, your lifestyle choices, your diet, all of that contributes to our genetic expression. So the change that actually happens in our biology is the way our genes express themselves after we have allowed our bodies to live in survival mode for significant periods of time. So when we have one or more negative patterns, negative autopiloted programs just running at will, and then that overactive like hormone production just coursing through our veins 24-7, it literally wreaks havoc on us at a cellular level. It causes dysfunctional signals in cellular communication, you guys. Like the outcome of that is genetic mutation, meaning dis-ease or disease. It can literally upend your entire physical experience and, and change your life for the worse forever if you do not address these things. And I actually feel like for me that I'm really fortunate in my situation because, man, I was angry a lot. I was angry, I was overweight, and I didn't really have any semblance of a healthy lifestyle physically, mentally, or emotionally. But fortunately for me, my body was like a rock solid bull. Like I went to the doctor regularly. I would have, you know, checkups and I never had similar health issues to what I would hear other people talk about. So I definitely feel like I was really blessed with some like hardcore genes in both of my bloodlines because I got really, really lucky that those decades of that intense, you know, anger and stuff, just being stagnant in my body could have really, really done a lot of damage. And I would have been a completely different person today as a result. Good news for everybody. Whether your genes are super strong and you know, strong like bull (laughs) or not. All of the things that I've been sharing with you are reversible. All those negative effects, all of that body stuff, it's reversible. And it doesn't necessarily require you going to the doctor and getting, you know, boatloads of like a bunch of medications. If that's your jam, God bless you. But honestly, what's required even more than which direction you take to seek help is that you have a commitment and a dedication to seeking that internal guidance, that internal healing, that internal system that God gave us to speak to our bodies, to speak healing over our bodies, and to also actively heal our bodies by taking inspired action that's available to us. If any of you have watched the movie Heal 
or even heard anything about the extraordinary miracles that people have done restoring their bodies, healing their bodies from things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease. And they've done it with really holistic methods because we have the ability within us to heal. God implanted that in us. That's a gift. But we've been conditioned to believe that gift is not as valuable as it really is. And so our first thought when something is wrong is to run to the doctor and take a pill. Again, if that's your jam, God bless you. But that doesn't have to be the route you take is all that I'm saying. At the end of the day, what I care most about is that you receive the healing that you desire to have. So I want to go ahead and bring the train home. (laughs) My main objective was to help you understand what happens when you go through a traumatic or wounding experience with the hope that you can just be gentler and more gracious and loving to your body. And I also felt like it was really, really important to just validate your emotions and your feelings with regard to how challenging it can sometimes be to heal and restore ourselves, how challenging it can be to go through trauma and suffer wounds and then try to come back stronger and better. It's a journey. And it's not to be taken lightly. And I give anybody who's on their journey a lot of respect. Another really important thing that I wanted you to be able to take from this is just to help you more easily recognize patterns. Whether they're deep, negative, traumatic wounds or just patterns that you notice that you're like, hey, I'd like to shift that. Now you have a little bit of insight and can address them before they become overwhelming or or at least prevent new patterns from settling too deep. So if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, I definitely want to like bust down some patterns and remove some cycles, or even if you're just trying to prevent new things from kind of sticking, I'm holding space with you because this self-development, holistic healing, become the best version of yourself lifestyle, it is not for the faint of heart. It's for those of us who don't entertain staying the same while expecting different results. Or whining about how life doesn't offer us something that it's offered someone else. Or for those who just want to be in the matrix and not of the matrix with regard to overcoming the conditioning and the programming and just really trying to focus on what we can do to make things better and how we can show up and be better, that's who it's for. It's for those of us who want to wake up every day with the expectancy and the intentionality of co-creating a beautiful life with God and to choose this life and to choose this path, heart and soul, day after day after day. 
for me, just um, gearing myself up to, to have this conversation with you and really just thinking through things and trying to organize them in my brain, it just had me looking at myself like, okay, girl, like we're on a decent rhythm, but there's room for improvement as there always is. And that's okay. At least I am willing to see it and then we'll address it. It reminds me of what my wise soul sister Tressa <laughs> said to me one time when we were uh, catching up. I'm not even sure what we were talking about. I think it was just about like self-development and going for goals and things like that. But she basically said that we need to seek uncomfortability. If we aren't uncomfortable, then we're likely not growing or expanding into our fullness because we've gotten too comfortable and often complacent. And I feel like for me, I'm one of those people who probably take more chances in certain areas of my life than most. I, I don't think I tend to get complacent um, a whole lot in areas of my life but but I think when it comes to like our personal like at home kind of environments that's where sometimes we get a little too comfortable and a little too complacent so ever since she shared that I kind of hold it in the back of my head (laughs) I hear her voice speak to me she's seriously like She's going to come on at some point, and I'm telling you guys, she's wise beyond, beyond, beyond. It's it's insane. She will be delivering the most impactful conversation, and I don't even know what we're going to talk about or when it's going to happen, but I'm speaking it now because I already know who she is, <laughs> and you're going to love it. But anyway, yeah, ever since she told me that, I kind of carry it with me, and although I'm not continually uncomfortable In every area, I am aware when I do get too comfortable. And that's a big red flag for me. I am aware when I've allowed myself to just kind of settle in a little too much. And then I have to like kick my own butt into gear. So that's where I guess I will land this conversation. I'm so glad we were able to have it that I was able to share this knowledge with you. And I pray it serves you, my luminous souls. I pray it serves you. And also that you share with many others because I really want people to get help, people to be healed, people to be whole and happy and living more full and authentic lives. So don't hesitate to DM me and share any breakthroughs that you've gotten from this episode. You know I would seriously love to hear from you and to hear how it served you. So until next time, I want to remind you of the important role you serve in this world and how much humanity needs you. I love you and I speak blessings into every area of your life. Thank you so much for joining me here at Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. 
Whether this is your first listen or you join me regularly, I am eternally grateful. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do me the honor of liking, subscribing, and leaving me a comment or review. I'm totally up for connecting online too, so please follow me on Instagram at Faith Inspired Action. Then go to my link tree to join my private Facebook group and check out my current offerings. I welcome your questions, feedback, and insights. Also, if you have something amazing to share with the world, I'd love to invite you on a future episode. Just direct message me a basic synopsis of your story and include your email. Until next time, I love your luminous soul and thanks for sharing your light with this community. Music written and produced by my brother, Gabe Taylor at Lord Kingdom Productions. All rights reserved.